Crow talk. Crow talk. Crow talk. Just, just like, like the men. men. For those of you just tuning in, just a quick little recap. We're filmmakers. We made our first feature film. An adaptation of a 100-year-old screenplay written by Ella Higginson at the turn of the 20th century, wherein she tells a tall tale of helping her friend run for political office in Washington state. P.S. It's all true. We decided to chop it all up and put it on TikTok because why not? And we're talking to women in the film industry that know more than we do about the experience. Hook, line, and sinker. Chapter 8, Brianna Murphy. And down underneath is the loveliest nook where the four-leaf clovers grow. Hi, everyone. We're back. Stacy here on the mic. Mm, Cassidy's here, too. And today we're going to be talking with Brianna Murphy, a costume designer and film producer out of L.A. We connected with Brianna during the pandemic. She actually is from our area in Washington and uh, reached out to us just to connect with fellow filmmakers. I believe she Googled film companies owned by women and we popped up. There's not a ton of us out there. So it was a cool connection and we really appreciate her reaching out to connect. So as always, we're going to have just a candid conversation about the film industry, and she's worked on some pretty high-budget productions, and so we're really looking forward to just hearing about her experience and what it's like working in film at that level. So let's get into it. Okay. To start us off, we're curious about what your path has been that has led you to this point. Um, That's a really good question. Um, uh, It's like, I don't know. It's kind of funny because I feel like it's a straight line. It's probably like one of those things where if you like uh, zoom out, it's a straight line. But then like when you zoom in, it's this like really fucking (laughs) windy road. Depends how far back you are. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, I've always been interested in like theater and storytelling and I danced and did theater and, and, and choir. And I was one of those people growing up. And, um, I think my pathway into film was pretty specific. Like I had this moment when I was like 13 years old, I was watching the extras on the Lord of the Rings DVD. Um, and Mila Dixon was talking about like, you know, how she had like over dyed this silk that had come from Italy and then like woven it, it I don't even know and I just it was like this it was like lightning hit me and was like that's what you're gonna do and <laughs> it wasn't even like that's what I want to do it's like that's what you're gonna do um and so that has always been like a clear trajectory it's like oh I'm gonna do costumes so I moved from small town gig harbor washington to los angeles at 18 and that was a big culture shock i this is embarrassing but i when i moved here i didn't realize that los angeles and hollywood were the same place <laughs> like i got here and i saw the hollywood sign and i was like oh that's here oh i was sheltered i was a sheltered that's, child i love that <laughs> thanks for Katie like homeschooled she's like yes tell me more about that yeah I can feel that I can like <laughs> totally empathize with that it's, it's super it's kind of embarrassing I think that's like how naive I was right <laughs> um, but I, I came here and I went and I did I did fashion school and eventually costume design within that and so I've and then worked in a variety of different 
capacities in costume departments, either designing or, I mean, I've, I've been a stitcher and pattern maker. Um, I've been a fabric shopper. I've been an age or dyer. So I've kind of done like everything that's in costume departments. And like in that, I'm also the person that's always like uh, on set, like, I wouldn't have had them say that line that way. You know? <laughs> Just like backseat directing. Yeah, backseat directing, <laughs> like in my head. Or like, I'm like, are you guys sure you want like both of those cuts on the table? Like, I know are it's you not sure? my partner. Like, you're really sure. <laughs> so, um, so I think in that, like I, but, it, and it does come because I like, I really love being a part of like making movies. And um, and I, I keep most of these this commentary inside my head, right? Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, and then last year I had I, I designed a film that went to Sundance. And so we all like my partner and, and the crew and the casting all went to go celebrate it and go to the festival. And then coming out of that, um, it was just so inspiring. Like film festivals, uh, just go to them. Like if you can. And did you go? Like, did you physically yes. go? Okay. Wow. Yeah. So not this year. This was like. Oh, okay. Okay. Got it. Nine, wait, it we went in 2020, which is actually probably okay. probably a super right. event. <laughs> no, that that makes sense. We went to yeah. the art house convergence, which precedes that so yeah that was like the last big thing that happened I feel yeah yes totally and so um but like and because I don't know have you guys been to Sundance mm -hmm. we haven't been to Sundance it's but like it, it's a big festival and like there's so much happening and so I ended up going to a bunch of the short films because they're easy to get into and I do like short films I think they're like kind of opportunities to do weird crazy stuff because you don't have to commit to it for an hour and a half um mm -hmm. anyway so we, we watched a bunch of short films and I came away and I was like both Julie and my partner and I were like let's make some like we need to make something and then we ended up making this short raspberry like a couple days before the lockdown um which got into Sundance this year so we, we did go again this year but like from the comfort of our own home um and yeah and so now like that's kind of led into and then the lockdown happened and I spent a bunch of time like not doing anything costume related and I ended up writing a bunch of scripts about living in the U.S. or not the U.S. <laughs> in the Northwest and yeah so I feel like it's I don't know it, it's the the zigzag right yeah. like I'm still doing costume stuff but now I'm kind of like interested in doing producing and I don't know about directing but um I I like the like I like big picture stuff and I like I like all the different little aspects that go into films so mm -hmm. yeah that's the short the short long answer <laughs> did you feel like this year you were still able to like connect with filmmakers through Sundance was that yeah. something that you found was still possible in the virtual realm I saw all of your outfits that you posted every day which made me sad I was like oh my god <laughs> it's even to go to that conference to the art house convergence Stacy and I planned like every single outfit meticulous like, planning oh. <laughs> I love it you have to you yeah yeah you thank do. you for posting it virtually at least like <laughs> much appreciated no you ha I was like we have to make this fun um 
Yeah, no, I think you could, like, Sundance did a pretty good job of, they had this, like, online hangout room space. Like the Sims style. Yes, yeah, (laughs) and you have this little avatar that, like, runs around, and then you connect with people in, in chat, and then if you had a VR headset, you could, like, actually move, like, you had, like, the little wand, so you could, like, move around and hug people and all this different stuff but it was cool because we did meet people that way and they also I think they did I feel like they did a discord channel or maybe a slack channel I didn't really participate in that so much but I also just found myself like you know and I did this last year when I went to Sundance is like especially with the shorts it's like if I saw something I really liked I just like went on Instagram or social media and was just like reached out to the filmmaker and was like hey I love this thing and and then struck up a conversation about that so Mm I, yeah, I think it was, it was. And then like the virtual aspect of it too. It's like, there was, there was something that was sort of nice about it because like, it's, I'm not someone who like at a bar is going to like march up to <laughs> whoever's there and be like, hello, I'm Rihanna. I'm a filmmaker. You know, like, not who <laughs> let's, I am. let's chat filmmaking. Let's chat. Yeah. The, let's talk about the biz. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, uh, it's not who I am. I like natural conversations. So, um, yeah so but it was nice because you could kind of like bump into people and be like can you hear me and <laughs> and then everyone would be like yeah I can hear you or like whatever and then it was like a nice segue into <laughs> a little icebreaker wow icebreaker. yeah so have you guys done any virtual festivals or anything like that we, no we haven't we have a friend who uh did the, did that I'm not sure which festival it was that she did that at, but she had the avatar and said she had a fun time and did connect with people yeah uh, they did it um oh sorry I didn't mean to oh that was it no, uh, sentence. No. <laughs> period no, no, no. they did do it at um because we we also played Seattle and Cleveland and they did a similar avatar thing with Maybe Seattle as well Seattle I mean that would make sense um yeah yeah she had a a lot of fun I'm not sure how many people she spoke with but like she did all sorts of things like there was like a small little like campus kind of that you yeah. could walk around yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's kind of how Sundance did it too it was like these like lounge spaces and then you could go and there was like a speakeasy if you will there was like this one button that if you knew where it was on the screen you could click it and then you could go to like a Ooh. karaoke room and stuff like that but of course they told everyone <laughs> Oh my, gosh. oh my gosh yeah I would get into that I feel yeah like. I've played a lot of sims in my day <laughs> so I feel like I'm ready for this I think the v- virtual film festival world is for you <laughs> <laughs> for like five Stacey seconds has arrived but here I am everyone finally got my moment so. but I mean it is still easy to connect like that's how we connected was not in an avatar speaking <laughs> No, <laughs> but you know, online yeah. over Zoom, and we've had other experiences throughout the year with filmmakers that we've been able to connect that way. It's, you know, so I feel like we always find a way to you know get to your people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Agreed, and I think that's kind of the beauty of social media, and and like also kind of indie filmmaking, right? Like especially in the shorts world, because you're mostly dealing with people, not dealing, but like you're mostly interacting with people who are kind of like at your same, where you're you're in the same kind of points in your career. And so they're eager to talk about, you're not interacting with people that are like, don't interact with their social media. It's like people who want to talk to you and have feedback and and, and mm-hmm. meet other people in the same spaces. So that, that I think is really cool. And that's the kind of the beauty of the social media is because you can just like reach out to those people and 
Exactly. Yeah. And just strike up a conversation with people who are excited to meet you halfway with it for sure. Yeah. Everyone's so accessible for better or worse. Are you on Clubhouse? (laughs) Have you dipped your toes into Clubhouse yet? I have not touched Clubhouse or TikTok. uh, Oh, touch TikTok. Definitely touch TikTok. You don't have to like be on TikTok, but like, wow, it's so fun to just like get on there and watch stuff. It's like America's Funniest Home Videos, essentially, because people are just like recording stuff in their house. But like curated on a little bit of a higher level. Whatever. This now is about TikTok. This is now about TikTok. But Clubhouse, same. We've we got the app Mm -hmm. and then we've not gone inside the house. We've not spent much time in the house. Yeah. Yeah, I ha- yeah, I haven't done it. So, I mean, maybe I need like less. I'm like trying to like minimize my social media interaction right now. So, yeah, but, it but, is all a balance for sure. I yeah. think to us still being up in the Pacific Northwest and not in a place like Los Angeles, we're like, okay, this could be a good opportunity to at least like, you know, stay in a network of filmmakers that are doing more things or in a more active area at least than Mm-hmm. Sweet Bellingham, which has stuff going on for its size, but just not the same as LA. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean, no, totally. And that's kind of the beauty of it too, is like you can connect with people all over the world. <laughs> so things have opened back up for you. Are you like back on set more? It sounds like. Yeah. In um, uh, in August, stuff started coming back here and it, save for the kind of spike around the Christmas holidays, most productions have just kind of been like really yeah it's I like kind of made this joke to someone I was like the only thing that's changed about filmmaking is now we have masks and COVID tests and and that's not I don't want to say that in a way that's disparaging that people aren't being careful because there are productions that are being really careful but I think that there was this big you know when the lockdown happened a lot of people were like this is Hollywood's chance to like like start over, like take more time to like, you know, like be more specific and not waste as much money and like blah, 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 blah. And it's like- And Hollywood was like, yeah, right. Put a mask on, we're going. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, exactly. (laughs) They're like, and it's funny too, because like, I mean, especially in the costume department, it's like the vendors that we operate with, like have their own COVID protocols, which again, Mm -hmm. like slow everything down, but like production's moving at the same speed and like neither, neither one of those people really care that the other person is like, the vendors are like, I don't care. Like we have a 24 hour period where we have to like quarantine your return or whatever. Like (laughs) we're not filling out and the production's like, where is the bill? (laughs) so it's it's like it's just more I'll be happy when when the uh the protocols lift a little bit and we can kind of just go back to a little bit of normal I don't know normal normal is like I don't know about you ladies but I think COVID was a big like for me at least like a big uh reflective time on like how we make films and how we can be making films better and more ethically and sustainably. And I mean that like, not just as part of the environment, but like as part of like sustainable for the people who work in film too. Mm, Like mental health kind of? Mental health or like families, like Mm -hmm. like I can have a family and a life and Mm -hmm. and all people 
to put my kids to bed. Mm-hmm. That's not something I personally really want, but like people should be able to have that. If- but just like a balance if you need it, because yes. it's such a like hustle to be in film and, yeah. and a lot of the money does go. I mean, and this is, again, this is like our tiny little grassroots perspective, but it does seem like, you know, to be an, in- you have to be on a certain level to be making a living as a filmmaker. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think from the outside, there's this preconceived notion that you do sort of have to sacrifice everything like you have like this is your life this is now your identity um and so you know I can feel that excitement especially as a younger person like that is dreamy but you get older and then yeah your priorities it's not that they change but there are other priorities that get added into your life so I think that's a very interesting cool perspective Well, and it's funny because I think it's like brought me back more to like indie filmmaking, you know, and like what you ladies are doing. I mean, like me personally too, I was like, I want to be making films in Washington, like in the Northwest where I'm from. And like, it's such a beautiful, like there's so many reasons to do it, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's, it's brought me back to like getting in the fact that like, if I am going to do that, I'm probably going to go back, like kind of rewind mm. a little bit in mm-hmm. career and have not have money and have to do <laughs> things like in a different way. But it kind of does, at least if, you know, the way I feel, it's like, if I'm going to lead a project, I get to do it on my terms. And maybe that means that like, you know, instead of just going full steam ahead with something just to get it done it's like maybe I actually like wait and take the time to save the money to do this thing the way that I want to do it and as opposed to just like putting out content or doing it now is the time and just I don't know also just kind of like assuring yourself that like if you have this idea and it's good save for maybe some ideas which are very topical of the moment you know there's a good reason to make things there there is a good reason to make things now in a now moment Mm -hmm. right but yeah just like feeling that like that's worth waiting for and doing it right as opposed to like doing it doing it doing it yeah you lose authenticity (laughs) yeah like it's it's coming from a more authentic and intentional place instead of the mindless grind yeah which yeah and 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 also just being like I don't I don't know I was like like with our short you know we spent a good portion of money on our short and it was myself and my partner Julian producing and then and then our other friend Turner and like between the three of us we all kind of had different opinions on how money should be spent and I was very much of the opinion like yeah, we can call in favors from our friends and not pay anyone, but like also everybody's showing up at 5 a.m. on a Sunday on daylight savings time. <laughs> like, let's at least try to pay them minimum wage, you know, like, and and we, and all, I think, I think most of our friends would have showed up for us for free, but I, I don't know. I'm like, I just want to move forward in a way that's like taking care of our crews and and doing the best that we can to take care of the people who are helping us make these movies because at the end of the day it's like it wouldn't happen without them anyway it's very much our film and not Mm -hmm. any one person's film so yeah like community yeah Mark Mm -hmm. Duplass had a cool anecdote about that and he was comparing independent filmmaking to like higher budget studio filmmaking and 
and he compared it to the difference being that on an indie film set like he would at lunch make sandwiches for everybody because it was like a small crew and stuff right. you know and so it's that like even on that super stripped down minimal level of like I'm gonna make you a peanut butter and jelly sandwich <laughs> it's still this like harboring of like a yeah of a teamwork environment and just like I don't know just this yeah. kind of familiar familial vibe uh, yeah that I mean, I, you, I think, well, people. sorry, <laughs> no, no, don't. this is like the, this is, this is the world of zoom, right? The curse like, of zoom. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 that's totally it. No, I think, and I think that we can, I mean, I, I'd personally like to see that happen more in big budget worlds too. And that's not to say that, you know, those bonds don't form in big budget worlds. They certainly do, but, um, yeah, I think I'd just like to see more community in general in filmmaking. And like, I, I mean, this is a lofty idea and I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how real it could ever be, especially with like unions, but like, just like having a, like a crew be able to own a film collectively mm. when it was distributed, you know? Wow, that is cool. That's <laughs> blowing my mind a little bit. I don't like I don't know if that's possible but like you know just thinking about how much I mean because at the end of the day like residuals go to actors and I'm sure they go to direct I don't know who all gets residuals but like if I worked on a film that I knew I was gonna like make money from forever and was gonna take care of me I'd certainly be inclined to take care of it while I was working on it you know mm -hmm. yeah stew on that if you get yeah. me yeah. It kind of reminds me of, I've heard of filmmakers, yeah, of like the indie grassroots perspective doing that with like their crowdfunding campaigns where they sell mm. shares of the project to people. Yeah. yeah. In fact, I think I've purchased some through Legion now that I think about it. <laughs> yeah. I, I I think I own a little bit of something. What do you, um, what do you own? I, honestly, this was like 12 years ago because it was some, it was a similar idea where they, sold shares for this film man I don't even remember I'm gonna have to go log on see where my investment has taken me clearly it's uh, it's taken somewhere off good. it's somewhere <laughs> good um but yeah I think that it's not the I think that it, there is this desire for that because film we've talked about this this is becoming a through line actually in our interviews mm. about how film is such a product of the of its community but the outside perspective, when we see things like the Oscars or really glamorous award shows, it gets reduced down to these few people at the top. And it's so not re representative of what actually goes on to make that film happen. It's totally yeah. a product of the group. Yeah, that's and that's very, very true. And that's not to say that, like, we shouldn't be holding up you know, writers and directors who are, who helm the oh, show. Oh, totally. You know, totally. Like, um, but I, I do agree with you that like, I think that it take, yeah, it, it really does take a village <laughs> to make these things. And especially the stuff that's, go, you know, for the most part that is going to places like um, larger festivals and, and even the Academy Awards, it's like, those are like, projects that have crews that you know you can sit in a theater and watch 20 minutes of credits after <laughs> after the film mm -hmm. and all of those people like work on it and mm -hmm. um 
yeah, it does it, at the end of the, when you, when you start looking at it that way there, then, then that's when it starts to feel like very above the line and below the line and like, how do we right. those two more, I think is, um, it's like what I'm interested in. <laughs> you Same. Know? Yeah. Like Stacy said, it has been a through line in the interviews that we've been conducting for this podcast. I think we've been interviewing women and I don't think that's the only reason why, but you know, I think when you're coming and we're white women, so it's even different for us, you know, we're not as oppressed, but when you're coming from a place where you're trying to just tell stories that aren't around or like tell some of the same stories that are around, but from the perspective it should be told from like rom-coms, whatever, you know? Sure. Uh, Oh shoot. I'm losing my train of thought now. Oh no. Oh no. Get it back. Um, the Oscars, through line, line. Women, like wanting to support women. I think that's where I was headed. It's just like, it, it seems like it's, it's an understanding that we need to have more stories and more perspectives coming to the table and just lifting one another up along the way where we're all kind of like, we feel like it's kind of this underground network where we're like all looking at each other, seeing each other as we're beginning mm-hmm. to kind of rise mm-hmm. up um and totally. and in that seems to be this more communal idea of kind of just crediting the film really you know it's <clears throat> not to say yeah certain roles don't helm things in a more serious position but just uh I don't yeah know. it's not just about understanding yeah that it's more of like equal footing when you're all kind of on set and like working towards a final product Right. It's not about being reductive. It's about yeah. adding in. I think that could trip people up in this conversation is that this is not about removing credit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just yeah. about, yeah, like you said, just more equality there. Or yeah. like acknowledging producers even, you know, like I think there's things that people don't understand about making a movie and roles, job roles sure. that, that just take so much work that, um, yeah aren't so uh idealized mm-hmm. yes yeah there's a lot of thankless work <laughs> that yeah and maybe that's because of the indie backgrounds that at least we're coming from you know it is a lot of people putting in a little extra I mean I I see it I see it here though on on big stuff too you know like no one ever no one's ever like thinking the line producer or giving a line producer uh, any sort of there's no line producing award or if there is like maybe right like, maybe uh, it's on the untelevised one right, right? Like the production coordinator but like those people yeah. I mean those are the people that are like up that work through the weekends and like just are up late and and or up early and and go to bed late and lose sleep and get gray hairs and <laughs> drink too much at the rap party <laughs> you know, like. as they deserve to I yes well earned but um yeah no I, I think that's really true and I also like one of the other things that kind of um I've been talking about a lot lately and I think it kind of pertains to this is just like also this kind of concept of there are like as we move towards a more diverse Hollywood if you will or just more diverse filmmaking um listening to stories from women from um our BIPOC community from our LGBTQIA plus community like 
I think that one of the things that I see and I think that is important that people be aware of is this like the the idea of like diversity capital and I think I've I've noticed that a lot um, especially working in down here in LA is you know people being like oh we want a diverse crew and that's all well and good but people they I've noticed a lot of it being because it is like woke or trendy and when they hi are hiring a diverse crew, when they're hiring women, when they're hiring, you know, whoever their whoever their diversity hires are, those people aren't treated. They're not being hired for their knowledge as that person. They're being hired as a quota, and I think that's something that like we really need to be um, as filmmakers and as as like producers and people bringing people up is like it's like if you're we should be higher, we should, we should be inclusive. Yes, we should be inclusive. And in being inclusive, it's like, you have to understand that what that means. It means like actually listening to the people that you're hiring. Because I think what, what I've seen happen is people like hire diversely and then pigeonhole these people into the way they've been doing things the whole time, which is this very like white, often male, but especially white perspective of and with with like and you know you can throw in capitalism and the patriarchy <laughs> totally absolutely there, right um but but i think that the reason like the the true value in hiring diversely is we get the creativity of everybody i i'm upset that hollywood is only recognizing diversity for its money making potential as opposed to the actual creative and like really landscape changing potential that it could be if they let it be. And that's, I don't know, that's a big thing that I've like noticed a lot. And I feel like when we talk about being women in, in this, this space too, it, it's something that you like come up against because you may be a woman in a position of power, but like, like I've found myself being harder or expected to act more like a man, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. Those are our role models, right? Like when we right. look to people over time to model ourselves after as leaders, that's that's who that's it is. That's what our movie so, is called. Yeah. Just yeah, like right. the men. <laughs> right. I mean, that's it. Right. And right. and so And I mean, it is white men. You know, in America, it's just like the white men, even though no one's calling it out and until more recently, I think mm -hmm. it's being called out more often. Yeah, they're they're the gatekeepers and they're the ones who are making these decisions. And so until that can percolate and come up to the top, you know, it's it's going to be really tricky. And, you know, we're not down in L.A., but we can certainly feel what you're talking about, you know, yeah. um, as far as capitalizing on it. I mean, yeah, good old capitalism. <laughs> it comes up like once a day. <laughs> I can like feel the word Stacey's like brewing in my throat. It's like capitalism. <laughs> so yeah, choking on that. Yeah. But it, but it's, well, I was gonna say that's like kind of the unique place though that we get to be as like indie filmmakers and people that are building their careers is like you mm -hmm. get to choose. Yeah, you totally. Buy into that or not. So. <laughs> And these conversations are happening too. Like I think yeah. just yeah. by having these conversations 
mm-hmm. over and over, you know, especially like you just said, Brianna, people who are building their careers now and coming up, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. that will at least be a step forward. The future yeah. is hopeful. Yeah, I think Finally, so. We've made I think it out so. of the 2020 dark, dark woods. Exactly. <laughs> We're going to be just fine. We are going to be just fine. <laughs> Doesn't mean there's no work to do, but we'll yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> right. We're still going. Well, I think that's a perfect natural ending right there. Yeah. I think that's perfect. This was great. It's so interesting talking with Brianna because she sort of has the opposite trajectory, I think, that most indie filmmakers have. So just looking at our own experience we created the opportunity where we were, where we are rather, trying to ascend to the next level of of filmmaking. And Brianna has had industry level experience and is now wanting to go the other direction in a way. She's wanting to leave the Hollywood standard of filmmaking in pursuit of smaller budget indie filmmaking, which is super interesting, I think. It's sort of an inverse of the typical independent filmmaker experience. And I believe for the past year, maybe plus, Brianna has been working on her own project, uh, producing her own indie film, though she is currently off of social media as she threatened in the podcast. So the title, we will, if we figure that out, we will put it in our show notes, though I'm sure she's been working on her own project and good for her. It's tough to have the carrot of money dangling in front of you. and making choices that is financially different from having a steady job. Welcome to indie filmmaking, not steady money at all, but very inspiring to hear about people who have had, like Stacy said, the experience in Hollywood and are still hungry for a more grassroots indie approach and for like smaller stories being told and being shared. Yeah, speaking with her sort of demystifies Hollywood a little bit for me in that it reminds me that we're all just people and we all have different connections that have and experiences and live in specific areas that maybe enable us to participate in specific ways within this industry. And so it was just a kind of a nice moment to talk to someone who is, in my mind, working in this really glamorous seemingly glamorous worlds that doesn't really hold up to the dream. Do you know what I mean? Totally. And it is something to note, though it's not that big of a deal, but Brianna, which we mentioned in the podcast, but she reached out to us, which is like so flattering and also goes to show that no matter what level you're at in any industry, people just want to connect on a human level. It's not all about titles and Hollywood hierarchy and notoriety it's about being people with common interests and achieving a common goal even if that's just having a conversation that helps you further your own direction or morals or values in what you're doing it's so refreshing it is and it's a reminder that we're not objective viewers of ourselves we don't fully understand how others see us and so careful of the story you're writing over yourself based on your experience where you are what you're doing because you're not an objective observer and brianna is proof that regardless of how you and i see ourselves and where we are in this industry she saw two women two capable filmmakers that she wanted to connect with the grass is always greener no matter the level of the playing fields it's very humbling and validating 
Yes. We will link Brianna's IMDb in our show notes and her website and check her out. She has worked on some amazing projects and has produced some amazing projects that really get into great festivals. So always remember your dreams are achievable. Do it with people you like. Do it with people you don't know. And don't stop. If you work, if you wait, you will find the place where the four-leaf clovers grow. Where the four-leaf clovers grow. Where the four-leaf clovers grow. I think we should do like maybe one or two more times. Okay.